0: I love Burn the Haystack because I'm a deep thinker and I like to challenge old traditions to make way for a brighter future. That's also why I chose to get my degree from Avondale University College. With a thriving community of believers, I was able to kickstart my career and grow my faith at the same time. Business, arts, teaching, nursing or ministry. Called to make a difference? Called to be at Avondale. Hi, I'm Laura. I'm tuning in from my parents' house in Lake Macquarie, New South Wales, currently hiding from the COVID in Sydney, where (laughs) my husband is by himself. (laughs) Poor husband. Poor husband. (laughs) But I'm ready. Josh Wood, where are you from?
1: I'm Josh Wood, and I'm from the somewhat unlocked down Melbourne from coronavirus. Only um, somewhat. And we can now have 30 people over for Christmas lunch.
0: Whoa, <gasps> Congratulations. Awesome. Good feeling. Jesse that's Herford, where are you from?
1: Uh, yes,
2: I am Jesse Hereford, and I'm from Palmerston North New Zealand.
0: Is that your Kiwi accent?
2: It's a very beard one. <laughs> It's a horrible a one. one. It's a absolutely stink <laughs> kiwi exit. Nah, you're going to get
1: so much hate. Our
2: oh, poor kiwis. Oh, oh worst. Well, as 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 much as it is probably uncalled for, I get it all the time from my kiwi friends. So this is my revenge. Nah, it's all good. Um, <laughs> they tease Stunners. you, do they? <laughs> yeah,
3: Stunners,
2: Stunners. Where are you
4: from? I am watching. And engaging from Hamilton, New Zealand, in my church office,
1: your Christmassy the, church office.
4: Yes, my fairy lights and lamp to get a get a vibe. You know, gotta have a relaxing office vibe. Gotta love the vibes. Yep. Love it. Cool. Well, everyone, we are here um, just reflecting because if, if you haven't heard the latest announcement, um, we are going on a bit of a burn the haystack hiatus in early. Well, pretty much after this actually, this is the last episode <laughs> for the year and so after this, uh, we won't be picking up the schedule like we normally would in February uh, but we will be, um, yeah, just taking a little bit of a break. It's, we've been doing pretty much a weekly episode, yeah, pretty much for three years straight. We took have a f- couple of months break in there but um, yeah, pretty much nonstop for the three years and it's um, been a really big journey and so... Yeah, Jesse and I decided that it was good to just take a bit of a break, take a bit of a breather, make sure we can set the tone for where we want to go next with the podcast. So We're not exactly sure when it'll pick back up or what it will look like. We might just do a couple of sporadic episodes in the meantime um, if we feel like we've got something to say. We don't want to say we won't do anything, um, but we're just going to pick up the weekly schedule. I guess the episodes will be a bit sporadic until we decide on what's next for us. Uh, also, because I'm moving to Australia, I'm moving to Sydney. So, um, yeah, me and Laura, <laughs> will be, that means this will be the first time that uh, the podcast will be predominantly Australian-based.
3: Um, yeah.
1: So crazy mm.
4: times ahead. <laughs>
3: so you're when you're shooting you
1: next time, it'll be Welcome to Burn the Haystack with Josh and Laura. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Hanging
0: um, out. <laughs> I'm sure it's sad to leave New Zealand, but I have some great cafes in Sydney that I can show you, so Very yes. it'll be fun. Thank you, Laura.
4: Um, um, no worries. And yeah, no, it is It is really sad, but um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I love my church here and everything. It's, it is sad to leave, but um, we know, like, with everything that's happened, it'd be awesome to be closer to a family, and I'm really excited about the opportunity that I've got for Sydney next year. Yeah, as a family, mm. too. Really exciting ministry there. So, yeah, all really cool things ahead. But also sad to leave. But that's mm. just how things are, I guess. Yeah. Um. So for this episode, what we wanted to do as we're just—it's like a—I don't know. What, like, what would this would be in a book? It'd be like at the end of a chapter, maybe. Not the end of the book, just the end of the this chapter is like, or a. chapter. Just like a section, is, an act summary. Yeah. It,
2: it's like the tra- it's like the closing of act act four and going into act five or or whatever is the fourth season. So. This is kind of like the fourth act in Burn the Haystack's journey. So, it, it's like, I don't know. Or maybe maybe it's like the cliffhanger before the sequel. Before the sequel. <laughs> before
4: you know? the sequel.
0: Right. I was thinking more like I've uh, been producing weekly episodes for like three years and there's been what, like two months in that three years where we've had a break. So, there's been eight weeks off in three years. And um, when you're kind of churning content out at that really fast rate, you don't often have time to sit and reflect and see what we've grown. But really there's been quite um, a huge community following us on our social media channels and we get a lot of feedback about all the episodes and I know lots of people have talked to me even about um, the kind of things they've learned from each episode or what they loved or what changed their mind or really questioned their own theology. So I think it's important to um, just take a look at what we've done Feel proud Mm. of this baby that's Mm. turned into so much bigger than anyone thought it would. Um, yeah, reflecting,
4: like, we've covered a lot of ground, like, both theologically, like, ministry wise, practically, leadership, discipleship, all those things. Yeah, covered a lot of ground, so it's going to be good to have some time to sit and think about what, yeah, where to go next, Um, totally. Yeah, and. Yeah, I don't know. So I'm in, I'm excited. I don't exactly know what the future holds, but that's kind of the point of it. So um, anyway, what we thought we'd do today is just do a bit of a reflection on the things we have a, as a team have learnt um, over doing you know doing doing three years of burn the haystack. Um, and hey, we would love it if you drop it in the comments. Maybe things that you've learnt from any episode or from anything or any of our social posts or things in the community, uh, we'd love to hear from you guys as well because we are live so we can engage with the chat. So, if you have things that have impacted you from the podcast over the course of our, our history, we'd love to hear from you. Um, hmm. So, drop a comment, drop a like, whatever you got to do, um, it'd be great. So, what we have prepared now is um, I guess going around the around the circle. What is this? Mm. Around the, grid?
0: the Zoom square. yeah, the Zoom square. <laughs>
4: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. How do you word this? Um, I don't know. around the group and uh, we're going to share. Uh, We've each got sort of like a favorite couple of episodes. Not, maybe not necessarily favorite because Jesse and I aren't allowed to have favorite children, right? So we're going <laughs> to. Well, Josh, sure you do have a
1: favorite child. Well,
4: yeah, <laughs> true. I have a favorite child, but I mean. By default, because
1: you
0: only have one child yes. right now. Yes.
4: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. in terms of our episode children. <laughs> I don't have I can't I can't have a favourite. They're all special.
3: Um. Except for that except,
4: one that we don't Jedi talk and drunk about. Pigeon. That's not that can, <laughs> that can go and sit in a corner for a little while. No. <laughs> oh dear.
3: Yeah, um. I
0: don't remember what the Jedi and Pigeons episode is even about.
1: It's, it was, that's it why was funny. The request I, is Laura after this, please don't go and listen to it.
0: <laughs> okay, right. Yes. I
1: that's, what, I,
0: that's why it's infamous because it's just so far left field that everyone's like, what? Yeah.
2: It, it was much. it was surprisingly far of left field because I remember when we had this conversation of, oh, should we talk about Star Wars? Star Wars has just come out and we're like, <laughs> what about faith and culture? Let's talk about pop culture. People will like that and people didn't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you get negative feedback from it?
1: No, we got was it no the- feedback at all. Which oh, is- was no. it the people no. didn't like it or you actually on reflection went, what on earth were we thinking?
4: Yeah, more <laughs> that, more that option. Um, so we're going to go around and talk about some episodes today that have been a big highlight for us, um, and just have been a learning moment for us. And um, yeah, so again, if you guys have anything, leave it in the comments so we can we can share and talk about that too. Uh, but maybe uh, Jesse, do you want to start off?
2: Certainly, certainly. The only black clothed person in the chat. um all, right. all blacks, right? All Blacks is absolutely in New Zealand in Symbolic New Zealand of the
0: last remaining kiwi
2: the one um southern hemisphere footy team to be proud of Nah, jokes i love the wallabies sometimes all right so that's not
1: real football but that's a whole other conversation okay,
2: okay. all
1: right rugby. Anyway. rugby sorry sorry <laughs> not
2: the not the real football the real football as my father in law would say the world game all right anyway <laughs> What am I so, talking about?
0: What, are, Jesse? What are you? What's your favorite episode?
2: <laughs> hey, that's Please. a good question. Let me answer it right now. Yes, <laughs> my favorite episode. Uh, I okay. Here's one that I really loved, not because it, I especially thought it was fantastic, but because of what it actually mean meant for us at the time, and that is episode number twenty two, Digital Discipleship Conference 2018. Uh. Um, 2nd of August twenty eighteen. Uh, obviously. And the reason why I love this episode so much was because it was the first time where Josh and I really felt like we were part of something bigger than ourselves. Not like, oh, we we have a podcast that some people outside of New Zealand and Australia maybe listen to. Like that's That was one thing to actually come to grips with the fact that we were talking and people who we will never meet might listen to us and might find some value in it, but... Digital Discipleship Conference was where we really uh, began to be aware of the fact that we were sort of a little fish in a big pond, a bigger pond than we had realized previously that there was this growing Adventist content creator community that was really embracing so many different creative things and going in different directions and doing really exciting projects and feeling like we were part of that, uh, like a contributor, was super cool, was super mm. cool. So
4: big highlight for me. Yeah,
3: totally. that was an That's interesting awesome. that was a you big guys, shift
4: in the podcast, I think. What were you guys saying, so?
1: You guys actually presented at that Digital Discipleship Conference. Was that 2018 or 2019?
4: Um, 2019. We, we sort of presented. It was like a ideas what was it called? The idea Idea-a-thon. Yeah, yeah. So we were just one of the people in the idea thon There was heaps. Um, yeah. But
2: it, We were a bit different than a lot of those people because the idea-a-thon was really around things that you were thinking about or an idea that you wanted to launch. And we were like, okay. Well, we've done this. We've already <laughs> yeah. launched it. So what now? You know, sort yes. of thing.
1: So, and Laurie, you, you also had a digital discipleship connection as well.
2: I think
0: I was at that digital discipleship conference, um, hmm. and I was—I was, I was yeah. going to say—I remember that, and I remember because I was got super into podcasts. I've always been like a podcast junkie for a good like five years now. And when you guys launched, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like an Adventist Australian podcast. This is so new. And when I got to that digital discipleship conference with the Idea-a-thon, I was like, "Wow, it's actually." Lots of people doing this or similar, like YouTube or podcast um, Adventist message. Yeah. So um, I I don't know if Brother Haystack was maybe like if pioneering is too much of a big word, no. but it really was one of the first in Australia, and within that first twelve months, there were like so many others launched.
3: Yeah.
2: So it yeah. was a
0: cool culture shift.
2: Being in the podcasting sphere has. Really opened my eyes to many, many more people that have gone before, like we talked to Nathan Brown a few weeks ago, and he was sharing with Josh and I that they used to run a podcast years and years ago with science, and um, never heard of it, but you know clearly gave way to and even at Digital discipleship conference meeting Matt Lucio, who um, Adventist History podcast has been around for a lot longer than we have, and yeah. many, many others. Um so yeah. if there was a pioneer it's definitely like Nathan Brown, Matt Lucio, those
4: sorts of guys. Mm. Um, Even um Oz Table Talk started before us I think. Um yep. yeah. but they were they had a very sporadic release schedule before that, after that they picked up a weekly one. I,
2: I think, think we were super lucky that we had each other early on Josh to mm-hmm. kind of motivate each other cuz I think if we had not really had that it would have been the same
0: <laughs> I'm <laughs> but doing being a love at- heart with my hands
3: <laughs>
2: but being able to, to like uh, motivate ourselves to get into a good schedule i think was really beneficial for us early on because it meant that we got to learn at a lot more quickly quicker rate than we would have if we were just kind of flailing around releasing an episode one month and then going three months without releasing another episode and like it's so like many other
1: accountability of going to the gym it's always easier when you've got someone yeah. with you because they're relying on you type of thing
2: yeah totally
0: True.
2: yeah all right who's next laura
0: Yep. I'll go next. All right. Um, so the one I was going to talk about first is called an episode called what is my purpose? And it was from a while ago. I want to say at least a year or so ago. And, yeah. um, I thought it was really funny because I did a top 10, like my top favorite episodes of the last three years in our burn the Haystack, burn the haystack community Facebook group recently. And, um, when I shared it and Josh, others said to me he's like what I don't even remember that and I was like are you serious it changed my life how do you not remember <laughs> and um anyway we both I think went back and listened to it but the what is my purpose episode kind of talked about um how this modern Christianity um following the culture of changing from very much a group think collective to a westernized individualistic mindset and we as individuals sometimes are like God, what is my purpose? Like, do I, is your purpose for me to, you know, get this role in marketing, become a manager, be the best I can be? Or is it for me to fly to Africa, start an orphanage, (laughs) like adopt 20 children and preach the word, or, you know, everyone wants like a really specific purpose. Mm. And what they mean by purpose in a modern context is life plan. Like, Mm. and they're sort of almost thinking of God as like, you know, a magic eight ball that you can just be like, what should I do next? Show me the path. Um, (laughs) And that's, I always have felt like, I don't know, if God is really minds what path you take. Like if you have two drop offers, is there a right and wrong one to accept? He will kind of work with whatever you choose. Mm. Um, But I you know, had to wrestle with that to get to that conclusion. And so many people in my life are like, what is the thing? You know, I once helped a friend uh, and she was like purchasing a home and she was like, I just praying that God will choose the suburb. What <laughs> suburb would we be best in? And I was like, I don't know if God cares. Like maybe he cares. He cares is the wrong word. But um, of course he cares. But it does. it's not detrimental and it's not affecting your purpose. Quotation yeah. marks purpose.
2: And, Your perfect um, plan.
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, I talk, caught up with my Nana this weekend and she was telling me that her faith does wonders because when she goes to the shop, she says a special prayer that she will find a good parking spot and she always does and it's her faith <laughs> that gets like her you. that. Aww. And I was like, like Nana, that's cute. But also, <laughs> I don't know if God is that kind of like magical you know, lucky charm that gets you a good parking spot. <laughs> anyway, so this What Is My Purpose episode, you talked about Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, and Josh Stothers, I think, said something about, you know, you go to a classic Christian Karen's house and there's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven on the wall. But if you actually read the story behind that <laughs> oh. verse, it's God saying to a mass group, like my purpose for you is to love and love one another and spread like goodness it's not about what suburb should you live in or i hope you find a good parking spot or maybe you should take their role in marketing or (laughs) whatever and that just like blew my mind that was a long discussion but Mm, thanks for that episode i appreciated it
4: yeah it was funny after you um after you were saying like how much you loved it and explaining it to me, I was trying to—I was honestly trying to remember what we talked about. And so I went back and listened to the episode, and I was like, "This is a really good episode." I don't really <laughs> remember any of these ideas, and I ended up preaching on it like the next weekend, like the same content. Oh, good, <laughs> so funny. But Gee. I was like, "Oh man!" Like this is actually like right where my church is at right now. Like I'm hearing discussions. Like, yeah, it's funny.
1: That's I really funny. like Laura how you like brought in the fact that we have this hyper individualistic. Mentality, um, which is so countercultural to the narrative the Bible gives us. So like
0: countercultural. God yep. is
1: always talking about His kingdom, His community, His people, not His Laura. You are my one and only selected remnant child, and That's right. I will only ever do what you want. Mm-hmm. But then the question is: yeah. Is God God, or is God your genie? Hmm.
0: Exactly. Nice. Yeah, and I don't think God minds what I
2: build my house in yeah Mm, yeah Yeah. i find it funny how we have this whole idea of you know god's a god that gives you free freedom of choice and isn't that an amazing value and then on the other hand oh but god also has something very specific in mind for you and if you don't choose it your entire life quest is over before it's even started sort of thing. Like that's such such a ridiculous thing. Who's the
1: one partner for you? It's like, well, if you stuff up picking your partner, then everyone else in the world (sighs) is stuffed up as well, essentially. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and the difference, um, I think it's important for us to separate purpose from plan, like from Mm. life plan. Um, Like if I have a purpose for you or, you know, I have a plan for you, says the Lord, it's basically like, a plan, as in a goal for you to achieve of how to grow and be a good person, not so much a plan of like what life path you should go down, how many children you should have. Well, those kind of things that I would think about are my big milestone life decisions. It's yeah. not, that's not a purpose, it's, it's yeah. an attitude thing. Yeah.
4: That has been a pretty constant actual, like now that I think about it, it's been a lot. We've had a lot of conversations about reading the Bible communally more than individualist individually kind of been a, a, a little thing that's threaded through a lot of episodes mm. actually like looking as well past. as just
1: reading the Bible in context yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. or no proof texting guys yeah. well
2: that's it though no, well. isn't it it's like reading the Bible as faithfully to the original intent as possible which is to read it with a group mentality um, a communist group can- no don't yeah <laughs>
0: Look out, but, we're gonna get
3: in trouble. That, that was a joke. But that's what we
2: think of when we think of like we we divide we divide these sorts of discussions into um dualistic left versus right, you know, sort of capitalist communist, sort of right and left sort of thing. And so if you're not one, you're the other. And yet we have this hyper individualistic society which is all about personal fulfillment. But why do we
1: think that God has to operate within our constructs? Like why do you have to be left or right? Why do you have to be capitalist or communist? Why can't you just be God's chosen people and that's a whole other category. Mm.
3: Yeah. Mm. Humans like two
0: categories. We love binaries as humans. And we also love to stay within our own brain. It goes against our nature to get outside of our head and be like, what could it be like from a different perspective? Mm. Yeah. People would Mm. rather drag down drag God down into their specific Brocks. Yeah. Than let him be and watch him go past.
3: Mm. Anyway, speaking
1: of binaries. Uh, my episode that I'll go to is, uh, yeah. in, and I don't mean this in any derogatory sense, but Andre Afmasanga being oh. gay and a follower of Jesus, yeah. Um, yeah. this whole idea in Christian thought that there is only that kind of binary male and female relationship type thing. Um, I don't know whether you guys, do you, like in, in NZ, do you guys have um, ABC TV iview?
2: No, no, we don't. No. So there's a
1: show on the ABC. And I know I'm going to sound like such an old grandpa saying this, <laughs> but we- it's called You Can't Ask That.
3: <laughs> wow. My favorite show. Oh, it's so it. good. I've
1: seen it before, yeah. Um, and really they did good. one on um, intersex people. Okay. Um, and it's just like people who are born without like the binary male or female DNA or they're, you know, for warning for those who perhaps like don't want to listen to this, but their genitalia is not distinctly male or female. Right. And it's this idea that gender is not as binary as we have made it out to be, even from a biological perspective. Mm. Um, And I think Andre's episode around being gay and a follower of, of Jesus opens up this whole other conversation that the church will need to have and does need to have around the faith of individuals who don't fit into the box of sexuality that we've created.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think it really shows the damage that the church has done to faithful Jesus followers um, who are struggling to come to terms with their sexuality because of the the judgment and shame and all of that kind of stuff that comes with being who they honestly and wholeheartedly believe God has created them to be, mm-hmm. um, and who I honestly and wholeheartedly believe God has created them to be, and it's just one of those those items of how how much how much blood do we as Christians have on our hands for the way that we've treated this community? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Andre really presented the the real like compassionate personal battle that he himself had, that countless others have had, um, that the church thinks is, oh, it's just people over there. But each of us know Andre in one way, shape, or form. And when it's personalized to someone that you know, I think it becomes a different story. And mm-hmm. it's that idea of let's stop talking about them and start mm-hmm. talking with them.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, pass the mic. I loved his quote about passing yep. the mic. And um hearing from someone who is part of the queer community or the rainbow community and it's so important i think the latest um statistic that i heard was um one in every 12 people is um a queer person someone who identifies within the lgbt
4: one in
3: 12 really
0: yes and the reason i always remember that statistic is the person who told it to me was like um technically that's one of the disciples (laughs) (laughs) disciples <laughs>
3: <laughs> Whoa. Hey, um,
0: and they were sort of like joking but I was like because we were talking about you know acceptance in the church and stuff
3: mm. um,
0: but yeah one in 12 and somewhere on on the queer um, rainbow spectrum as as Andre called it and so it's so important to think of um, and also the intersex people um are uh, as common in Australia to have that um not quite one or the other genitalia when you're born um is the same level of commonality as redheads being born with naturally red hair
3: mm. yeah wow.
0: which is yeah surprisingly common, but we obviously don't see it because it's under their clothes mm. um and they will deal with that, but we don't you know we don't know the secret battles mm. that anyone is facing. Um, and so it's just so important to lean away from being like that person is other with a capital O and other yeah. equals bad, you know, mm.
1: um,
0: it's important but to we, keep challenging ourselves. we put ourselves. up these
1: walls rather than building bridges. And it's like, you know, God, you know, in, in Matthew, just to be really generic, it's that whole idea of go and make disciples of all nations, not just go and make disciples of people that think like you, smell like you, mm. speak like you, dress like you, um, mm-hmm. it's of all people, um. Why why do we make it exclusive to just the people that we're comfortable with?
3: Yeah. That's right.
1: Yeah. It's
0: it's just human nature. That's why it's so important. I think episodes like that on the burn the haystack have been really important. Like I'm sure it was not just Andre, but to just get different perspectives to yeah. stop thinking just everyone who's like me is who I'm comfortable with.
3: Mm. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah.
0: No. Great episode, I- Andre. He's amazing.
2: He is. Is. I, it always makes me think of that quote by, I want to say it was Rachel Held Evans who said that for so many years she was, she was her quest was to make gay people straight when she realized that her actual quest, what we should be doing is to help making gay people Christians. So.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: it seems so obvious, but anyway. Yeah.
4: Yeah. No, it was a big conversation but- and so helped like, Andres is just so precise and well spoken too. But he's also yeah, like like we said, he's a friend too. He so says, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, amazing just to hear that point of view and help me to understand. I guess like I'm still trying to make probably sense a of lot the of what whole. he said. Yeah, I'm still trying to make sense of the whole thing really. And I don't know, I probably need many more conversations. But I'm sure it's <laughs> helped a lot of people too. Yeah, <laughs> um,
0: definitely.
4: Yeah. Uh, well. Um, Your 10. Yeah. I don't know. I wrote down like a list, but yeah. For me, um, randomly, one of my favorites that I... Is this the first one I noted? I don't know. If I went through all the episodes, maybe this wouldn't be the one that I would have chosen. But like the... Both of the Spooktober specials. Um, the <laughs> episodes we did around Halloween. Mainly because I like the idea... I like the idea of making like even though I don't necessarily like we've talked about Halloween and all that sort of stuff and we talked about it as a holiday but I think I just like the idea of trying to approach it differently than how so many Adventists that I've seen at least in Australia or New Zealand have approached it in the in the past. Yeah, Like I remember this Facebook post once I think I might have shared this on one of the episodes I can't remember um, of just like this lady laughing because she just bought all this like I think it was bananas. Um, and then just wrote like in like permanent marker like Bible verses on them for trick-or-treaters when they come and I'm like in my head I'm like like I get it it's cool that you're handing out free fruit and whatever but you're not really you're doing it with like malice and you do like what they're going to think is they're going to say a Bible verse and be given it a banana and they're going to think oh so this is what Christians have to
1: offer everybody else is giving me Christians like, are just monkeys
4: <laughs> oh, true maybe maybe that's what they want to see. I don't know but like to me, that they're not gonna they're gonna think that person down the road with all the spooky Halloween stuff, they're giving me amazing massive chocolate bars for free and being super generous. And then the Christian who put these Bible verse on these bananas for me that, you know, you can get a bunch of them for two bucks or whatever. I don't know. It's a bit like grinchy. Me, I don't like the idea of like running like and I'm not saying we should celebrate Halloween and everything, obviously, but like I just like the idea of trying to reframe how we do it in a way that's more helpful. And I think that's what those episodes, at least for me, did. Um, found it, it, something special I can do on that time. Yeah. Not just
2: that; it also it's kind of like redeeming a sort of liturgical practice that many people have found very spiritually beneficial for centuries. And people in our faith tradition and many others just we just don't get that anymore. So that, that's I think the cool.
1: other thing with those episodes was that for you guys, at least, it forced you to just pause and reflect on the saints of your past that have influenced you to who you are today. Mm. Um, and I wonder how often we actually do that ourselves. I recall when I was growing up, um, people would often do this, this little game test thing with you. And it's like name the 10 richest people in the world. And you'd be lucky if you got two, yeah. um, but then they'd be like, now name the 10 most influential people in your life. Um, and it's like the names and the stories behind those are so much more meaningful than just oh that person has heaps of money. Um, it's what has what that person actually invested in your life, and I think that was mm-hmm. a really cool kind of twist on the the All Saints kind of Eve type aspect that you looked at.
3: Mm. Mm.
4: Well, yeah, we don't have anything in in the Adventist calendar, or at least say so the Adventist mm. calendar. Like we have a calendar. Well, we do have a calendar, <laughs> but it's you know what I mean. But like in our Adventist like liturgy and traditions, yeah. we don't have anything to look back on previous people in our church and in our faith life have been influential on us. We don't have anything at all, like not yeah. in the Sabbath schools, not in totally. our preaching calendar, not in anything we celebrate. So for me, I'm hoping that those episodes can continue to lead to some sort of culture change with it.
1: Imagine if think. like for the next you know 10 years, the preaching that you have at your church is always on that weekend, just pausing and reflecting on like two or three influential people either in your life or in your church's community over the last mm. 10 or 20 years. How special mm. would that be?
4: <coughs> that would be pretty cool. I should have done that this year. <laughs>
1: Next year. Next year. <laughs>
4: and also also
2: the music that Josh composed for that those episodes. Mm. I always love it when I can that play that theme favorite. song.
3: Actually, yeah,
0: hands down one of my favorite things of this whole last three years has been the theme song, swapping <laughs> to the theme song. And then when there's like a special edition theme song, it's like woo.
3: <laughs>
0: it's fun. Good times. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I appreciate your effort and your musical skills, Josh. Very good.
1: So just before Jesse heads into another favorite episode, if you're watching along, and we've got a few of you watching along. Make sure you pop in if you do some reflection, your kind of favourite episode even of the last three years. It may be really difficult to find one favourite episode. That's okay. Um, Even the four of us had to scroll back through the back catalogue because we realised there's quite a few of them and we tried to limit it but we couldn't even do that. So throw yours in. We'd love to see what you guys as listeners and and watchers of Burn the Haystack have enjoyed listening and watching over the past three years too.
2: Mm. Very cool.
1: Yes. So
2: my next favorite episode, um, I thought I would pick some ones that maybe are a little bit more obscure. Um, And the one, the next one that I picked was How Church Must Change If It's Going to Survive the 21st Century. I was trying to find
1: it as I scroll through. That would have been like episode, maybe episode 30 something, I reckon.
2: Um,. Was it or was it in 2019?
0: 2019 sometime, I reckon.
2: I reckon it was 2019 at some point. I want to say like March or April. May. May 8th, 2019. Episode number 60. So, there you go. I was only
1: halfway there.
2: Yeah, you were halfway there living on a prayer. All right. So, I love this episode. I love this episode because it was... For us, we have talked a lot on this podcast about the whole idea of redesigning church to uh, meet the needs of the current culture, to meet the needs of uh, modern people and to be able to share Jesus in a more relevant way and it seems like a trite sort of thing that a bunch of millennials talking about how much, you know, the old way of church kind of sucks and we need to do different, we need to do things different, man, that always, uh, anyway, all right. (laughs) But um, this is live. It's great. Uh, No, but this episode was cool because it was an actual case study of how um, somebody in the U.S., a church in the U.S. is doing amazing things in actually redesigning church uh, in a really exciting way. You know, buying this big plot of land in a rural area, designing their entire church experience to meet the, the needs of their local community more than just the sunday or the saturday service sort of thing um and it was really inspiring and actually we didn't follow up on this but the pastor or one of the church leaders ended up reaching out to us and saying hey thanks for featuring our story on the podcast we should chat oh,
3: a little bit later nice.
2: on i believe that happened It could just be my overactive imagination. No, no, they did. Yeah. So maybe...
4: And I I said we'd touch base um, in a year or so, but then obviously this year has been very distracting.
1: (laughs) I do wonder
4: how they're going given COVID year.
1: Yeah. At the same time, what a great kind of prophetic episode as people talk about what is the new normal in church life. Mm. Um, And a lot of churches church boards and pastors are thinking, well, what could church look like moving forward? Because things may not be as effective the way that they were. Um, and so I, I think that I, I know I've been reflecting on that episode myself recently um, and the concepts around kind of the, the facilities we have as a church that are so often just our facilities. Yeah. Um, and it's like, well, what would it look like if in your hall, like your church hall, You open it up every Sunday, and there's this like wall of like washers and dryers, and you just invite all of the homeless people or people without washers and dryers into your community to come and wash and dry their clothes, and it doesn't cost them like at a laundromat.
2: Mm. Definitely, yeah, Yeah. that's amazing.
4: Well, I think that's the thing. I mean, there's nothing stopping us from still reaching out because this is—it's the kind of thing that I'd want to see like even t- even if we did it two years from when we did the episode like they the way they do it might have totally shifted but yeah definitely a very I-, I totally agree with you saying josh like it's kind of more relevant now than ever particularly with i don't and i don't want this whole conversation to become about covid again because we've talked about that enough and everybody's yeah. talked about it all the time all year um <laughs> yes. but i think now a lot of churches are struggling with um oh well in our specific church structure a lot of local churches are struggling with like local, local expenses and that kind of thing just with the way mm. our finances are structured. And so this kind of model really offers something different and would I think would have been really effective in bouncing back after something like like COVID. And, you know, there could be any number of things that could happen that could knock us out of a church building for a while. Mm. Um, but even the, the idea the same that
1: things. a financial model, and this is, again, the countercultural thing of, of the kingdom, the, the better financial model of church perhaps is to actually spend money for no real return on investment, but just for the sake of bettering your community and showing the love of Jesus. Mm. Um, you may see nothing from it, but, you know, hey, that's ministry to some extent. Great yeah. if you get people coming to church, but how about we just... Kind of care for people as a starting point, point.
2: and that's like the whole message of Jesus's parable about the um, dishonest, what is it money, money yeah. steward or whatever. Like it's use the use the 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 gifts and the talents and the resources that you have to impact people for God's kingdom. Um, yeah, I think the other reason why I've been really, like I have personally been really excited by stuff like that is because of how my mind has been changing around this idea of like the Garden of Eden and temple and this whole idea of being a caretaker, um, being a faithful steward over even just something like the land, you know, making the land a place where heaven and earth can in- intersect and there's mm. there's beauty and there's art, artistry in that. And mm, there's spirituality. So yeah, mm. it's and it's practical as well. You know, if it's actually impacting people's lives in a positive way and it's helping to shape them and change them into into that new creation, then, man, that's such a rich, such a rich thing.
3: Rich.
0: Yeah. So rich. Rich. I'm glad that you chose that episode because I feel like, you know, as much as we kind of mocked at the start, like the millennials that are just like,
3: just complaining. (laughs)
0: you know, just complaining. And I think there, you know, there is a lot of that talk because there's such a cultural difference between my generation and my grandparents' generation who are by and large the people running our Adventist churches right now. Um, There's a lot of dissonance there. And so the young people are like, obviously going to complain and be like, this has no relevance to our everyday lives and cultures. We should shake things up. But then to actually discuss it in the podcast format, in the way that you guys do, it felt like a helpful and practical discussion where it was like we're not just being like, oh, it needs to change because of these reasons. It's actually like, oh, here are some ways we could change. This is what we could implement and like, yeah, yeah so that and was just, a hel- just probably healthy say, discussion. Laura,
1: it's not so much about the relevance because that can often be seen as a dirty word, but it's about the is meaningfulness. It? I
0: didn't know.
1: <laughs> um, like <laughs> the the structure of church and how church is run now Mm. Might be meaningful for your grandparents' generation. Extremely but are they communicating so. the meaningfulness to this generation mm. in a way that you go, ah, oh, that's why we do that? And if we're not communicating that, of course there's going to be conversation around this is not relevant, this is not meaningful. Can mm. we do things differently?
0: Well, that makes sense. Mm. It does.
2: It's good. It's yeah, good. great
0: episode. Is it my turn again? Yes. All right, so my second episode is uh, that I've chosen is called The Sunday That Cried Wolf. Mm. And that was a really recent one actually which talked about the Sunday law. And I've recommended that to lots of people. <laughs> Um, including people who don't ever like listen to burn the haystack. I'm like, you must listen to this if you don't want the banter. Skip to six minutes and thirty seconds, <laughs> and I know that off by heart right now because I have recommended it to that many people. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: so funny. I know, uh,
0: I know. Because of course the banter is great if you know you guys are regular listeners, but maybe these people just wanted to get straight to the chat. Um, some anyway, like and you talk that. talk about the Sunday law and. Um, I'm steering clear of the word relevance now that I've learned that it's a different <laughs> word 30 seconds
1: ago. No, feel so, free to say it. Feel free to say it. Just be oh, you, Laura. Thanks for the permission. Yeah, we're all friends here.
0: Oh, oh thanks, guys. <laughs> um, anyways, talking about the Sunday law and that um, kind of really niche corner of prophecy that's about really specific laws that politicians are going to try and introduce and how that's going to affect Adventists and what they need to do in that time and stuff, um, a lot of which comes from the writings of Ellen White and that kind of stuff I've always felt quite jaded towards because I'm like what it seems it seemed a little bit conspiracy theorist to me but um the more I thought about it so I just never let myself dwell on it because I was (laughs) like this makes me uncomfortable because it seems improbable but I particularly before listening to so many Burn the Haystack podcasts, I really believed this message I had been taught growing up in the Adventist church that this is what we believe in this box. If you do not fit this box, it's dangerous if you don't believe the exact beliefs that we do. I was taught it was extremely dangerous to not believe in creation, for example, that one day, you know, the seven days of creation, six days, whatever, were 24-hour blocks of time. And I remember a whole Bible study on that. And I was like, how, what purpose did that have? And also for people who have those alternate, um, maybe non-adventist kind of beliefs that um, the days are a thousand years to God and it could have happened over multiple days or whatever, they were really dangerous. Don't befriend those people. Don't talk to them about it. That's the devil's work. Where was I going with this? Oh, yes, back to the Sunday law. (laughs) So I, with that mindset of things being must fit in a box, I was scared to question my own belief about the Sunday law because I felt uncomfortable with it. But I was like, if I don't believe it and agree with the elders of my church, what does that mean for the whole rest of my faith? So listening to Burn the Haystack as a whole has made me feel comfortable to think about, question, discuss, have doubts, air those doubts without completely losing a faith which has been a lifesaver
1: for me. So can I ask a question on that? Yes. Um, And this is more broadly. We haven't discussed this prior to this. But is Adventist theology in some respects this house of cards where if one card is taken away or one belief is slightly different, then you're completely out of the fold. Your whole faith kind of is turned upside down. You don't have that community anymore. And oftentimes your identity, if you've grown up in the church, is I am an Adventist and these are my people. But if you have that alternate belief, suddenly you don't have those people anymore. Um, Um, What are your thoughts on that?
0: Do you know what, according to my grandparents? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So according to me at 26, after many years of, uh, I want to say like deconstruction and questioning my own beliefs, burning haystacks and finding the needle of goodness in them, I don't think that. I think I can have that we are all made unique and can have different uh, interpretations and still love and be loved by God just the same. But definitely in some of the more conservative circles that I walked in as a child and a teenager, for sure, it was dangerous to not believe and that's how you unravel and that's how the devil lures you down an alternative path and, you know, maybe you become even Pentecostals sometimes by those really conservative groups were like a, speaking
1: of dirty they are, words they, yeah you yeah that's like, right and
0: i'm just like some of the best people i know that i work with now in workplaces are pentecostal christians and so yep. kind and loving and to which think is actually that they a have it term, wrong people. and are dangerous is is baffling to me but when i was in this bubble growing up it was they were other they were different they had it wrong and they were dangerous and that yeah um i think mm. is a really toxic uh, strain that can run through our churches if we don't catch it and question it.
3: Mm. Anyway, mm.
0: I've just rambled for a long time, but The Sunday That Cried Wolf is a great episode. Everyone should listen. Six minutes and 30 seconds is when serious chat starts.
4: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of the, the danger Adventism has gotten itself into in the past when we've painted any any other idea as dangerous. Because I don't think that's conducive or uh, helpful to the journey of what got us here. Because if we thought that from this, like if way back in, you know, 1844 and all, you know, all that when we were first and Jews didn't come, the great disappointment. If we had just like the the pioneers back then had just retracted to their original beliefs and thought, well, everything else is dangerous. I'm just going to go straight back to being a classic Methodist or a classic Um, I don't know what else was around. I can't remember anymore. Um, You know what I mean? But like if they just went straight back to those old beliefs, because well, clearly that's all wrong and all dangerous. But instead what they did is open their eyes and looked around and thought, well, we've got something wrong, but there's definitely something right in this. Let's keep looking and let's just open up and think, you know, like if we were just going to let the Bible transform us and we were just going to keep it exactly how we saw, what would Mm -hmm. that look like? And I'm proud of that history, you know, like mm. I'm not someone who's like, I don't go on and on and on about pioneers or our Adventist pioneers all the time, but I am proud of our history. And I think when you get into the territory of any other belief is dangerous, then it stops the momentum of letting the Bible transform you. Because there could always be something we've missed that we
1: need to, I don't know, or yeah. maybe not
4: miss, maybe misunderstood. No, I, or, I, yeah.
1: I completely agree with you, Josh, because I think that, the, the idea that Adventists have, and this is in the, the preamble to our fundamental beliefs, is that we're open to this thing called progressive revelation and, you know, the further furthering of the Holy Spirit, opening our eyes to new truth and this kind of thing. Um, but if we just kind of go anything other is dangerous or wrong or of the devil, then do we really have that progressive revelation mindset? Um, yes, we have more knowledge today at our fingertips than has ever been available in the history of the world. Um, But is that more knowledge or is that more information? And have we actually trained ourselves on how to analyse that information to come to an understanding of what God is telling us today Mm -hmm. rather than what God is telling us 200 years ago? And this is the idea of hermeneutics, which you guys spoke about in another episode Mm. around the idea of the Bible can't mean something outside or, you know, its original kind of interpretation to some extent. You know, we've got to have a look at what was the author originally intending and then extrapolate from that. We can't make it mean something it was never meant to mean.
3: Mm. Yep.
4: Yep. Yep. Absolutely.
1: So uh, good, Josh. So Good many work, things. guys. Wow. Um, Josh. My, my on next, next one, um, which is interesting given the conversation. Laura, I think you and I have tag teamed this well because you are talking about, you know, Sunday law and, you know, this, this idea of anything other is wrong mm. and that kind of thing. My next episode is also a more recent one, which is our algorithms affecting our theology. Um, and this idea of, do we put ourselves in this kind of windswept tunnel of the same opinions and information and limit ourselves from growing, um, in our our relationship with Jesus, our knowledge of the Bible. Um, And I think it's really interesting. Um, I've been reflecting on this because one of the guys that I spent some time with um, listens and reads a lot of Andy Stanley stuff. Um, And I think Andy Stanley's got a lot to offer the Christian community and the Adventist Mm -hmm. church. And I've got someone else who listens to a lot of sermons by Stephen Furtick. Um, And I think Stephen Furtick, again, has got a lot to offer um, our understanding of how church can operate. But... The challenge is, and this is where we've got to balance it, is that those guys are not Adventist. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'm saying the perspective they bring to their teaching is in a very different context to the perspective that we're used to. And so we need to be able to analyse and critique the information that they give us in order to apply it in our current context. Um, But the risk is when we say anything other is bad, we only hear the information that is right and disallow that furthering learning from the Holy spirit. Um, and sometimes we go down a wrong rabbit hole. Yeah. Confirmation bias. And I think it's, I think it's really interesting to go, ah, if I am, you know, researching for a sermon on Luke chapter two, um, then all of my kind of Facebook feed is going to be people who might be commenting on Luke chapter two for a little while. Um, Mm -hmm. And because I'm an Adventist and one of the Facebook groups that I'm in is Adventist Professional Ministers, um, then I'm going to see a lot of Adventist Luke chapter 2 stuff. And sometimes that's not the information that I need to see. Sometimes I need to see other things that challenge my thought Mm. so that I can grow spiritually.
3: Mm. Mm.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see some, I'd love to see some, like, I mean, we, we chatted about it. The idea of like, because we've seen all this stuff recently about algorithms and how they affect us like socially and politically and yeah. um, I'd love to see some good journalism or scholarly thought or some sort of like more, more professional research into how it's actually affecting theology because mm. I really do think this whole age of like these bite-sized sermons and that kind of thing that we're consuming they're not bad they're awesome i mean i've made a couple myself my own instagram page and that kind of thing but the it's it's almost it's almost the same as proof texting like in yeah in that like it's grabbing a chunk of the bible that works in a specific context and applying it and again in the it's 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 a bit better than proof texting but i don't know because it's yeah i don't know i'm trying to work it out but i guess i'm guessing like if 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 that's all of your your devotional life or your spiritual life is made up of is a bunch of two minute or one minute sermon chunks, you're gonna end up with this, especially from like different preachers and from different like, um, yeah, theological perspectives and frameworks. I think it could end up really messy for people. You know, they you could something. be quite confused. Yeah, like. I've heard like I like I mentioned, I've heard like those little two-minute sermon clips from Stephen Fertig before. Most of them are really good, but some of them like it's a nice thought, but it doesn't quite work, you know, in my context. Like I'm trying to think of a specific one right now, but I just remember thinking that when I was when I was listening to one recently. Um and but I thought, like, if you have enough of those and you don't actually put the time in to link it and and link it with the bigger biblical picture and the bigger theological picture of God. Yeah. It's going to get really confusing really fast, and so mm. I'm, I'd be interested as we keep progressing through this. I would love to see somebody with the skills, the money, and the time <laughs> to do like to do some proper research into this sort of thing. It'll be so cool. Yeah, it mm.
0: would be really cool. I would love to see that
4: too. Mm. Maybe we need <laughs> to find someone. Maybe we need to. Maybe we need to sponsor it. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. That's Future burn that's, the haystack. It's an idea. Bookmark Ooh. that. Yes. Yeah, save at least. I want to save the timestamp of this. Save. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right. Love it. Um, cool. oh is it? Wait. anybody else have anything to say on algorithms?
0: Now, who's next? You're beep up, boop, Josh.
4: Beep boop. Josh's turn. It's me. Uh, I'm just really torn between two. They're both pretty early. Early on. Okay. I'll just go with that one. Uh, ben Reynolds loves the KJV Bible. As a pastor, oh. it has to be one of the most helpful episodes we have ever recorded. Just Ben Reynolds, again, somebody so succinct, succinct, succinct with his words and so like knowledgeable
1: <laughs> on subjects and things. Um, Speaking of someone to do some research, Ben Reynolds. Ben
4: Reynolds? That's true. That's true. Yeah, true. He is,
2: he is soon to be joining you guys in Aussie land if he hasn't already.
4: Sure, yeah, he's uh, heading over to Perth. He's Heading over yeah. to Perth, yeah. Very sad um, for us here in Kimberley.
0: So Kimiland. what? I sorry, I have no memory of this episode. Can uh, you give me was a thirty-second explainer? So this such a good explainer? episode. So this
1: I'll is, have to this, go is back. this is the experience that Josh had with your episode that you're now having yeah. with Josh's episode.
2: <laughs> was this True. like? Yeah. Okay, I'm just trying to find it. Is this in the first ten? Or the first yeah, 30? it was. It was, like it was very early. I know it was early. It was, can
0: was, you, can you give a, me a thirty-second? A thirty-second. Overview.
4: Sure of what it's about. Uh, Thanks. Pretty much, you hear all these people go on about how KJV is the only Bible translation you should read. I don't know if you've heard that argument, but as a pastor, mm. I grandparents hear people yeah. talk about yeah, do it all the time. <laughs> we love episode, you, Laura's grandparents. It, it just takes I love that, them so much. Takes that whole idea and then just kills it. It's gone. It's over. Bam! Yep. And he gives some really great oh, yeah. So uh, just some really great insights into reading the Bible and understanding it. Even the yeah. history of translations, Great. which oh, is super fascinating. So, so pretty much for me, whenever somebody's like tells me they're thinking, I'm like, hey, have you listened to this before? Like, I know it's my own podcast and I'm like, you know, but it's a really helpful episode we did with this guy called Ben Reynolds. You should listen to it. And they'll listen to it they'll be like, wow, that's some really good points. I, I see it differently now. My like, mm. job, like rather than me have to explain it every time, I'm just like, here you go. Here's an hour of like well done
1: conversation. But the reality this. is I could not explain it the way Ben explains it. Me no. neither.
2: No. Not at all. I'm
0: going to have to go back and listen.
2: And you I are. think Josh and I have some really good memories of recording that episode because as he mentioned before, <laughs> we we were at some um, minister's meetings or something like that and we recorded it in a hotel room with really shoddy equipment and really just unsure if it was all going to work or not. But it, it all turned out great and it was, it was lovely. It was a lovely conversation.
4: There was like a blanket against the I wall think- to try and stop the sound bouncing <laughs> yeah. off it and stuff and... Because yeah, we're on like
2: the seventeenth floor of this hotel in the middle of Auckland, so
4: yeah, we put something up against the windows to try and make it quieter. Yeah, there it was, was like a just construction
1: site next off door the bed type of thing. Yeah, what like an
0: good. adventure!
4: Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was awesome. And ben was awesome about it. I think we we're all sharing one or two microphones or something. Yeah, <laughs> those old rode NT USB mics we had, great mic,
1: great mic. I think the beauty of Burn the Haystack over the last three years has been kind of the ebb and flow from like. You know the theologically rich episodes, like the the Ben Reynolds episode on the KJV, but also the super practical kind of socio political episodes um, that look at you know being gay and a follower of Jesus, but then also the Adventist specific theology around the Sunday Law type episodes. And there's been this constant up and down, so that there's kind of something for people at every part of their spiritual journey. Mm. Um, and I, I think that there's, there's a credit to, especially like you and uh, Josh and Jesse, I was going to say you and uh, I wasn't speaking to anyone specifically, there's a credit to Josh and Jesse for framing that. And I don't know that it was always deliberately planned that way, but it certainly worked really well that way.
2: (laughs) Have we deliberately planned that much?
1: (laughs) Everything was planned to a T from the start stutters
2: <laughs> is the uh is the mastermind just pulling all the strings he's making it all happen who knew who knew we were experts at so many different things
1: not i <laughs> facilitators of discussion that's all you you thank need you. to really thank you yeah yeah love it love um it.
4: yeah well yeah i don't know this is there's so I, I remember part of the reason we started it too i think Part of the reason we went beyond like the first 10 episodes as well was because, like, when you're at a something like a pastor's, minis- like a minister's meeting or something, and Josh, you probably experienced this too. Maybe, maybe not so much Laura, but um, sometimes pastors. Yeah. Laura, when's to- the last time
1: you went to a minister's meeting? <laughs> uh,
0: I did go to one last year because my father in law is a minister and we popped in for a day to visit him. That's my only experience. was uh, I- <laughs> not my Great. space. Yeah.
4: Great. <laughs> uh, but sometimes, like, when you get a bunch of pastors in a room, Sometimes there are some really incredible conversations that happen um, when we're comfortable and we've got something really good to talk about and you get like, I don't know, because you, you, they, they, they just don't happen in church very often because
3: mm-hmm.
4: lay people, like there are some really well-read and amazing, uh, amazingly biblically literate lay people. And I'm not saying there aren't, but m- more often, like most people, like the Bible knowledge isn't going to be the same level as sort of a pastor because we've got more time to put into it and it's our job.
0: And a four-year degree.
4: Yeah, and a four-year degree. So, you'd you'd hope it would be better. And some, you know, have masters and and PhDs and all that kind of thing. So, it's not only just like knowledge, but even like the questions we ask two of each other. It's also the shared Mm -hmm.
1: experience as well, I think, Mm, you know, that relatability, similar contexts.
4: Yeah. And so, getting a chance to sit down and have those sort of conversations and then just hit record, um, like... I know. I think there was a complaint a while ago that we sort of have too many pastors on the podcast, but that was kind of where we're coming from. You know, like these yeah. are the experts in the theological field. Of course, that's what we're going to have. And that's what we are. Like that's what we connect to as well. In a way, I recall like being in
1: college in Cafe Rejuve before they kind of gutted it and redesigned it. And you know how you'd walk in and just immediately to your right, there was the couch that was against the wall with a coffee table in front of it. Yep. I'd often sit there with a, f- with a few of my classmates and we'd just have these like rich conversations, rich, Jesse, rich conversations. Rich. Um, rich. And it was, it was that kind of experience like this should have been recorded. Like <laughs> why is there no one recording these type of conversations? And well now I,
0: there is.
1: <laughs> well now there was.
4: Well there
1: was. Hey, it's
0: still are still us. around.
1: We just it's just a it's
0: just a break. You can and still just... listen to everything.
3: <laughs> we were but on a the break. These episodes are not going anywhere.
0: <laughs> well, I think you have to be a really deep thinker to become a pastor as well. So there's there's definitely a type of brain that you are do with when multiple pastors get to. Sometimes.
2: I think you anyway. have to be a good have a deep Have you met talk- Jesse? At- <laughs>
0: Oh, brutal. Oh. Jesse's a deep thinker. Now you're just being mean.
2: I was yes, going to say, you, you have to be a good talker to be a pastor, definitely.
3: Well, well, yes, there's
4: maybe. that. <laughs> yeah. There are, yeah, there's definitely a lot of processing of ideas and that sort of thing and a lot of, how do you word it? It's not like, like thinking about things that aren't necessarily always practical. What's a, there's a word I'm looking for, I don't know, um, but it's like toying with those like ideas th- a lot. Theorizing,
1: yeah, ethereal,
4: like, yeah, maybe ethereal is a good word. Yeah, theoretical. Like there's a lot of that kind of like because we're talking about God. It's not always necessarily like like when you talk it's about like, ministry, it's you know it's a lot more hands on that we see. When you're talking about like theology and your idea of God, there are yeah. practical practical uh, outcomes to it, but the actual ideas themselves. It well, a lot concepts. of pondering. yeah, yeah, a lot of processing and a conversation and that kind of thing. And what you, when you get to the end, you might have a different picture of God, but it might not necessarily change things drastically for you. I don't know. Yeah, mm.
1: Laura, for you, obviously the non-pastor of this group, <laughs> um, hearing the pastor conversation that's just happened and that the kind of with even with the criticism, are oh, you're a bit too theological at times or too pastory? Um, how have you as like a because you, you're not just on the podcast as a presenter or guest you know you're on the team you're also an active listener how have you found that conversation kind of an, an insight into a pastor's mind
0: do you mean as in listening to so many pastors in my no, just just years? burn the haystack yeah in burn the haystack i mean um i think it i think it's good in what you were saying about how um, when multiple pastors gather and you all have that like deep-seated uh, knowledge of the Bible and understanding of concepts and theology and willing to discuss ideas, I think often as, you know, as a lay person myself, um, I don't have the four-year degree. I don't necessarily have those kind of deep thinkers as my colleagues in a like deep-thinking theology um, so I haven't had to go through the same maybe wrestling of uh, the ideas and concepts um, like you guys have. Like it is easier for me, like I said, with the Sunday law where I was like, oh, that's uncomfortable and I don't know why I fully believe yeah. that. Avoid, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and um, the three of you, I'm assuming, when you had come across the same problem, you would come across this uncomfortable thing and go, oh, this is hard to believe or this makes me feel like it changes my idea of God too much can I, you know, you can't just do the avoid and run away and think about something else thing like I do. So I have found it helpful. It's definitely opened my eyes and ears to a lot of um, new concepts and different ways of seeing things. Um, So I did find it helpful to have other voices on like people who are also lay people so that it wasn't like just a pastor's club but mm. in terms of the theological understandings it was so beneficial to hear those deep thinkers who have wrestled um discuss with each other so i enjoyed
3: it yeah hmm.
4: well, i think too like it's not a local church often wouldn't get more than one pastor in the room well a local Adventist yes. church anyway mm. so a chance for these conversations Um, yeah to be heard like they could happen in local churches but we don't really make a way for it unless it's like a Saturday afternoon or a Friday night sort of thing Um, Mm. but most of the time it's yeah I don't know that's a good point it's not that common yeah
0: yeah and something about podcasting as well is very uh like I want to say intimate (laughs) (laughs) Mm. but you know when I have these headphones on the clear microphones it's like I'm part of the small conversation of just the two or three yeah. people, whereas it's different to like a panel discussion up the front of the church on a Saturday afternoon yeah. We you had a big lunch and trying not to nod off. <laughs> it's very different. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's true. Podcasting is quite democratic in that way. It's yeah. like we're not, we're not talking down to you as the no. listener. We're wanting to engage with you in this conversation which is Are you saying
1: Jesse that the the preaching time at church is more of a talking down to you as the listener?
2: Well, if you're on a stage then you are literally talking down <laughs> to people.
3: <laughs> Physically.
2: Um, as for the actual psychological talking down to you, I uh, I just have to leave that with the pastors
1: <laughs> of which you are one.
2: Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> i get i I get that though I do get that in some ways it's like oh I'm kind of like sharing this information that people don't know but on the other hand I don't know do I do I feel like I'm up to the task of you know relaying i think, this I information think there by, is by the only
1: perhaps think for co- more for different cultures there is that talking down to because it's like the pastor yeah. is up on this pedestal type of thing and they are the authority but the challenge is you know there are a lot of members in our churches that have been good students of the bible um for longer than us any of us have been alive um and so in some respects their theological understanding is even better than pastors who might have a four-year degree because they've wrestled Definitely. with it for 50 or 60 years
2: mm. yeah. yep 100 percent. yep oh crazy so, crazy yeah um any other, any other things? Because we are we are past the, the one-hour mark, so we should oh. start to wrap up. But any other reflections?
1: Yes. Me. Laura's back at school. I've got my hand Me, so up. My
0: hand is up. Okay. Okay. So, I have two quick episodes that I really want to give honorable mentions to. Firstly, Exploring an Ex-Adventist Community. Great episode. Also really funny. But um, going back to what we're talking about, about the idea of other, othering certain groups. Um, and I think the ex Adventist community comes under that capital O other dangerous mm-hmm. um, and so important to deconstruct that idea of other equals dangerous um, because those people are just like us. And I think we found really like... When you read out the questions, we related to a lot of the things that they said from their childhoods that were maybe a bit wacky, and they were not sure and the how thing to is, process. one or
1: two of those actually reached out yep. and sent us an email, and then Which they is awesome. even they, did.
0: they followed added us on the Instagram. The
1: Burn the Haystack podcast onto that ex Adventist thread on Reddit. Did they not? Which was a,
4: it was uh, a yeah, someone yeah, they linked some, the episode on there. Yeah,
2: fascinating mm. thread to to read. so funny yeah it was
0: really interesting the guy who like summarized it and broke it down for the reddit like the tldr yeah um was quite funny anyway (laughs) but in it was great to me to listen to that episode have a laugh connect like resonate with some of those people's experience and also really feel for them and how hard it must have been to deconstruct and get away from sometimes quite toxic cultures um Mm. And then also to like have them connect with us and be like, Oh, hey, new friends without being like, we're ministering to the, <laughs> to the fallen. Like it was none of that. We yeah. don't hope to convert any of those people. It's just kind of like, Oh, friends, let's chat. We've mm-hmm. got things in common. Um, yeah. that was cool. Mm. And the other honorable insight is, uh, sorry, honor, honorable mention is that how to incite an insurrection in your local church series, which is a three-part. It was really practical, and I think it came after quite a few episodes of like really big conceptual theology stuff, and then we were like, by the way, sit up the front of church. It helps. (laughs) So I loved that, um, bringing it back to the practical what the layperson could do Mm. um, to get involved and make your church culture a happy and healthy place to be. I found that helpful and I know I think we got a lot of good feedback for that
4: series. Yeah. Yeah, uh, What I really would love from that series in particular, I would love like if there's anybody who's actually gone out and tried all the steps to see what's happened. So I don't know if there's anybody out
3: there who... Because the challenge was was that it would take,
1: you know, at least six months if not, you know, a year or two to see the results of sitting at the front of church, going to business meetings and those sorts of things. It can't just be a one time and everything's grand. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It so, would be
0: interesting to hear from those people. If you've done it, send us a message, join the Facebook group. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
4: absolutely. We want to hear from you. Tell us what your first business meeting was like. That's always a fun <gasps> story. <laughs>
0: we should find someone who's done it or like um, get someone to do it and follow all of the steps and then interview them on a 2021
1: So even though the is episode. going on hiatus, there's already two episodes planned for next year, which is... Yeah. You know, we can't
0: help ourselves.
1: Redesigning the, the church kind of 21st century option and then someone who's incited an insurrection. So you've almost guaranteed two episodes of Burn the Haystack in 2021. Dang.
0: We um, haven't guaranteed anything. I'm just
1: excited. I said almost. almost. <laughs> they are good ideas though. They're very tempting almost, to come back for. Yeah.
2: Almost very guaranteed, nice. people. Almost.
4: Almost. Any other? Yeah,
2: um, um, but
0: yeah those are my honourable mentions. So Yeah.
2: Does anybody else have any honourable mentions?
1: I I just think Tim Gillespie is a gift to the church, um, especially for for pastors. Um, The episodes that he featured on, he had three of them. I I went to say three with two fingers, but three of them. Um, (laughs) uh, So there was the Tim and Sam, Sam and Tim episode, which was, again, more recent. And then way, way back, um, he featured on two episodes um, talking about the one project and Daring to Think Bigger. Um, That was a good episode, but I really appreciate the next one, which was the future of Adventism yes. and looking at things that we can change structurally and conceptually within the local church. Again, Laura, bringing it back to the practical, mm-hmm. um, that can really help the church just be the church, the kingdom that God needs us to be.
0: But also he also brought in these like conceptual um, restructuring ideas, which I did. This episode blew my mind. It was one of our earliest ones. And he talked about... Um, Like the finance and admin structure Mm. of our entire like global church and how that could be rearranged to benefit the local church situation. Mm. Mm. Fascinating.
4: Yeah, you know, there's been a there's been a few episodes of burn the haystack. Most, yeah, I don't know. No, actually, there's been quite a lot. They really do sound like like waves. How many? (laughs) No, but I mean, like, there's been some particular episodes that have a lot of impact. You know, and I think the Tim Gillespie one, the first one, that was like the first time we experienced like, well, this podcast can actually have impact on the church. Yeah. You know, like we had people from yeah, very high positions in conferences and divisions and stuff that we have nothing to do with reaching out and talking about it and we we're like, What have we done? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it, it was good, like I, but it was it was really weird, you know, these two random I think we were, we were interns at the time in yeah. New Zealand. You know what I mean? Like it's not a babies. You're yeah, like at the really, bottom like, of
1: the organizational structure. Yeah, yeah, and totally. Like,
4: you know, New Zealand North New Zealand conference. It's an amazing conference. Um, it's I love it. But it, you wouldn't say it's one of the most influential conferences on the Adventism global scale or whatever. Like it's. I don't know, yeah. Especially it's in
1: just, terms of size, it's probably a blip compared to some in like, you know, South America yeah. or Africa where there are some massive conferences. We have wise. like
2: 11,000 Adventists in North New Zealand, which there are some Adventist <laughs> churches in the world that have that as
4: just their membership. <laughs> so,
2: yeah, wow.
4: True. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like it's it's pretty like that was a real wake-up call to what what the potential of a podcast could be. Um, in our church Mm. and you know like we we have no name you know jesse and i like we're not famous adventist preachers or writers or anything like that so it was really two nobodies well you weren't (laughs) i still wouldn't say we're not i would still wouldn't say we're like i don't know like you know like you think of someone like if doug bachelor started a podcast like You know, instantly, like thousands of listeners, probably, or whatever. And like Sam Lenore and Tim Gillespie, when they started their podcast, it was just like instantly a whole lot of people caught on. And they're awesome. Like, I'm not, you know, saying they shouldn't have, but I'm just saying, like, we didn't have any, you know, clout or whatever (laughs) to start a podcast. So that's why it was like crazy to me just the power of a good podcast episode that speaks to a particular culture well. And we've had a number of episodes like that since. Um, but yeah, I guess it's just been really crazy to just see this sort of journey, and I, I don't know if we'll ever know the sort of impact we've had on parts of the church. But there's yeah. definitely been something. I don't know.
0: Mm. And it's been awesome to have all those guests on as well. Like, um, I think of like our watching our download graph, you know, rise. Mm. And I think uh, when we first in that first season had Tim Colette, Tim Gillespie. We sort of was like, "Woo, lots of downloads from that. It still gets heaps of downloads. And then yeah. the, um, a little while later we had Nimrod. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a fantastic episode that's also in my top 10 and that shot up the downloads as well. And then, um, Chantel uh,
3: S- Smith. Uh, Smith.
0: Yeah. yeah. When she left, uh, she, well she quit being an Adventist pastor for a time and then that shot up as well. And it was just like, um, the generosity of the guests to just join the podcast and have a chat, even when it was really small, or even if they weren't sure how the chat was going to go. Like Andre mentioned, he was nervous to come no on for ages, and just the generosity of those big thinkers to maybe step outside their comfort zone, join the discussion.
1: But even yeah, the Very generosity fun. of people like say Chris Oberg, um, yeah, to step into a podcast a in Australia, New Zealand. One. Mm, mm. Um the generosity of uh Kira Bullock to come and speak about the, the like single? the gift of singleness. Um like that's such a personal topic, but the willingness to share that as kind of a hope to others.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Some amazing people, eh? Honestly. Um yeah. And I think um I guess another uh another like last thought that i wanted to share that i think has been really cool with the podcast is that most not even just adventist media i would say most christian media the idea is that we say something and you believe it and take it on board straight away but i think we've really built a culture we burn the haystack that you should ask questions and just because we have somebody on and say Mm. something it's well what do you think about it like do you think Mm. that's the way it is do you think we're wrong right like all that sort of stuff I really appreciated like conversations I've had with people about that and just saying to them straight away, like, you don't have to agree with any of the guests or anything Jesse and I say on the podcast. You are free to disagree. And they're like, oh, yeah, true, true. Yeah, well, I disagree. <laughs> I'm like, well, you have to have a, a reason why. I'm like, oh, yeah, true. I'll figure that out. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But just <laughs> giving people that power to just say, I disagree and work it out. Or like, I've never thought about that. I actually do agree with that. I don't know. Like, for me, that's really exciting to make a culture around that. It feels like something that the church has been missing. Feels
2: like emotional health.
3: Hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No. Very cool. Very cool. Well, hey. Um. Are there any other last reflections? I know we've spent a lot of time reminiscing this episode, um, which has been lovely. Uh, this is. Uh, yeah, this is kind of the last one for a little while. So, um, any final reflections and thoughts from you guys and. Uh, Apart from that, we'll, yeah, throw it to the rest of our audience.
0: I just want to say thank you so much, Josh and Jessie. I know that um, Josh Wood and I are on the team, but you guys carried the lion's share and had all those really tough conversations and often faced the feedback, both positive and negative. You guys are awesome. And also a huge thank you to everyone that, like I said, was brave enough to come on as a guest and contribute to the show Um, because it's been like a team effort. And the conversations, I think, have grown so many grown so many people's faith and allowed us to discuss things and realise that if we come to a different conclusion of our understanding of who God is, then the person sitting in the pew next to us doesn't mean we have to leave and doesn't mean we have to give up mm. um, on believing in a loving God that cares for us. So, yeah, that
1: is very A huge thank you to, to the social media audience who engage in various ways. Um, yeah. You know, we've got the Facebook community, we've got the Instagram page where people, people may just like, they might comment, they might vote in a poll.
3: They um, love a poll. But it just
1: means so <laughs> much. Um, and a lot of the episodes, especially probably over the last 18 months, um, a lot of the episode topics, and they're not just Josh and Jesse thought of, they're listener requested. Um, yes. And that's, I think, been part of the success of the longevity and the success of Burn the Haystack over the last three years.
3: Hmm. hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Um, It's been awesome to feel like we're not just plugging along at this on our own. So, thank you, Laura and Josh Wood um, for everything that you've done to help us and you have. And it's been uh, immensely richer because of your contribution um, over the last... Couple years of rich. the podcast, <laughs> rich, so rich. I so can't carry. Unfortunately, none of us are richer because of no, the podcast.
0: Absolutely not. Richer the, t-shirts, no. richer in the way of a uh, yeah. Buy no, richer in the way that like a good chocolate cake is richer than mm,
3: <laughs> not amen. in
0: the way of like I'm financially wealthy. <laughs>
3: unfortunately, yeah. Uh, right analogy,
4: Laura. Great, perfect.
2: Yeah. Uh, and and, and as well. That- <laughs> As well, as well as that, yes. Um, just to reiterate Josh Wood's um, thoughts. Thank you for everybody who came onto our podcast the last three years for being a guest. Big thank you to our recurring guests, people who didn't just say yes once, but twice. Some of them three times, um, which is which is pretty unbelievable. And to every single person who's been with us through through this journey, our our dear listeners, stealing that shamelessly from tim and sam sam and tim and uh everybody who's been part of the community and building this cool thing and uh i don't know i'm just very excited to see where this goes next
3: yeah. Thank
4: well thanks so much everyone you're all awesome make sure you go check out the website and all that good stuff you know what to do all right that is josh josh jesse and laura
3: out